the best interviewer isn't the person who's thinking about what they're going to say next. Mm -hmm. They're listening to what the other person is saying and reacting to that in a calm and reasonable way. Mm -hmm. We have lost that as a nation, and that Mm -hmm. is where ego is out of control. Never mind that we're getting all worked up over perhaps probably the two biggest egomaniacs in the world. (laughs) Who wants to be the leader of the United States? Can you imagine the size of that ego? I often refer to the old Brian Regan joke, the comedian, where he said, who wants to be president? This is how you get woken up every day. Somebody leaning over and poking the shoulder. Problems. (laughs) You want that on your plate every day? I have enough trouble coming up with topics for this stupid podcast. I don't need that. Welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly, a licensed therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, someone who has been in therapy for decades and needed every single second of it. And over the last few weeks, I've been bringing up this book that I will call a life changer for me. Called It's Gary Shandling's book. It was put together by Judd Apatow off of all kinds of materials that Gary Shandling, the deceased comedian, had left behind. Journal entries. And not only comedic related, because there's plenty of that, he was a brilliant comedian, but he was also a very deep guy who had a thing for Zen Buddhism and was constantly throughout his life trying to do battle with ego. And I thought, what better thing to talk about over the course of this past week as we have had the lead up to the presidential election the aftermath of everything, we're getting to see just how polarized this entire nation Mm -hmm. is. And you see a lot of the ego online, on the socials. I'm right about this. And if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. And I'm going to tell you why. And I have to be right about Mm -hmm. this. That is a form of ego. But he would even ramp it down to the extent that he said, here's another form. And this is what I battle. Am I a comedian? Why do I want to be in show business? Mm -hmm. What is it with the attention? I need to realize and be way more grounded and tell myself that I am just a very small part and only temporarily of this enormous machine. And I need to find my role there. And I don't need to worry about what it is that I do for a living or how big my house is or what somebody else is up to. I just need to be at one with the universe and in the moment, which, Courtney, we talk about all the time, Mm -hmm. to the extent, too, that he even said, who is Gary Shandling? I'm not Gary Shandling. I'm a label. What is this body? This body that I'm in, is an illusion. It is not the essence of who I am. And even at the end, he was talking about death and how he needed to find joy in that. Now, Courtney, from a therapy perspective, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I have my limits right now. But a lot of what he was talking about, and especially considering what we do for a living and in these very difficult times, spoke to me to the extent that I finished the book this week. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of mourning the fact that it's done. I was getting so much out of it. And I was going to say, I'd like to borrow that book, Brian, because it sounds amazing. I think you'd love it. But that's the thing, is that whole concept of everything is in us, we are everything, and the whole thing about temper Temporariness and how the ego, of course, we want to hold on to things as being this is my identity, this is my personality, these are my beliefs. But if you don't have flexibility, then you can't grow because you don't want to be challenged. We see this a lot right now. People don't want to be challenged on their beliefs. We don't want to open up to other ways of looking or different perspectives because we feel it's a threat to ourselves, which of course.
course, is the ego because the ego is not flexible and the ego wants to fight. If I'm right, then you're wrong and I'm going to let you know about it type of thing. So this is really freeing when you read something like that and someone who his whole life probably trying to live by Zen Buddhism and trying to use that. And it does kind of blow your mind, though, like when people are saying, well, who am I and the labels? And it can be a lot to take in, but it's very fascinating. You know what I think I love the most about Zen Buddhism? And you even kind of touched on it in your description at the outset here. It kind of reminds me of the force from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much, Brian. I think that is what's speaking to me (laughs) on some level that Mm -hmm. we're all apart. We all should be working together and all too often we seem to be doing the opposite. And you mentioned too things like possessions Mm -hmm. where he was saying you just have to let go of that stuff. That whole outlook that everyone espouses, Mm -hmm. you can't take it with you. It's true. And I think some of that battle came from his childhood. Mm -hmm. He had an older brother who passed away from cystic fibrosis and it was something that he seemed to have a real difficulty talking about with other people and a loss that he experienced where I think he had a really hard time letting go. And I think he was trying to finesse that situation throughout Mm -hmm. his life process it in a way, but also accept moving forward. And you start to realize this more as you get older, you're going to lose a lot more and you'd better be mentally and emotionally prepared for it. Mm -hmm. And one of the most heartbreaking things, it's one of the last things in the book in 2005, this brother who he rarely discussed with anybody else, he wrote a very lengthy letter to his since deceased brother who'd been gone at that point for decades. And if it doesn't bring a tear to your eye, you might want to see if you are indeed an illusion. (laughs) It really, really and truly was emotional. And I sympathized with the guy. And I think it just speaks to his brilliance. I say this about creative people Mm -hmm. all of the time. I think there's an enhanced level of awareness about a lot of different things. And he refused to just waste it on comedy. He wanted to be a better person to the extent to it at the end. So many people are falling all over themselves in the book to say this, trying to mentor other people Mm. and be about the universe and not so much about himself. Right. And he probably had to find that because of his journey with fame. You know, it can knock you all over the place and make you start believing things that may not be true. And it can do a lot of damage, I'm sure, being in the public eye. So he probably was also looking for that anchor of what is true. Like you said, there's an illusion out there and a lot of times your brain is buying into things and especially ego driven. Um, So he was trying to find what is really true and that speaks to him. And even prior to the fame and anybody who does comedy on any level whatsoever, Mm -hmm. the rejection along the way and trying to find your way and find your voice and getting up in front of that room full of people and getting no reaction, Mm -hmm. that really hurts too. And you have to ground yourself in that world just as much as, okay, now that I've achieved some success, I don't want to get too big of a head. You're all going to the same place to try to keep that under control. I think that's so interesting, too. We all applaud those stories of, oh my gosh, I got rejected a million times and look, I'm on top now. Well, what does it take to get through all of that? <laughs> like, right. how strong do you need to be to really say, no, I'm going to do this because this is my passion and I have something to add here? It's easy for us to give the accolades in the end, but that person, we have to struggle through to find our footing when we're getting rejected. And I think a lot of people have resentment for what they perceive to be an overnight success. Mm -hmm. Somebody who hasn't paid their dues 
ways right. to get there, especially if you're doing it yourself for a living, and you're like, oh, this little snot nose. <laughs> I, I ought to give it a little slap. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I'm not Brian Mulhern. That's just a label. It's Calm just down, a label. Just a label, Brian. <laughs> use the force, Brian. Use Zen Buddhism. <laughs> but I did want to say that the ego does serve a purpose. And just to give a quick overview with Freud's psychoanalytical personality theory, just to throw that out there. Yeah. So the id, we have the id, which is our primal instinctual desires. Then we have the superego, which is we want to live up to the cultural norms and the cultural values. And it's like a higher level of things. And that ego is trying to balance all of that and trying to keep us in check. So there's a lot of great things about the ego. The issue being, though, that we need to acknowledge that it can be separate from us. We don't always have to buy into this is our personality and it never will change. That we can see it for what it is. We can work with it, but we don't have to be ruled by it. I took a little bit of psychology in college, and I'm glad that you went down this route with the id, the ego, and the superego. Mm -hmm. The analogy that I can best draw is, Mm -hmm. do you ever play monkey in the middle when you were a kid? Yeah. You have the id and the superego on both ends, and the ego is kind of in the middle. middle. (laughs) Trying to negotiate the entire situation. Exactly. It's hypervigilant. It's the gatekeeper. It's trying to keep everything in the reality. It's trying to keep everything balanced. But sometimes we can develop these really strong egos that don't have flexibility to listen to other sides of things. And to further speak to that analogy, sometimes when the ball is just so far over your head, Mm -hmm. don't even exert the physical energy to try to jump and drive yourself crazy to get it. But if it's something that's a little bit more reasonable and within your grasp, Mm -hmm. go for it. That's where I think the analogy works. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. I think we just need to keep in mind that this is about quieting the ego, knowing when the ego's coming up, and just being aware. It's that awareness. Let's not judge ourselves, but let's just be aware when it comes up and it's in our competition, how emotional we get about certain things. It might be in us wanting to attack someone else for having different points of view. Notice when some things start to come up and say, let me learn some lessons from this and let me just sit with this rather than react acting from that place. Now, one of the things that the wife and I have been discussing recently, as Gary was similarly struggling with the whole comedian versus staying grounded thing versus celebrity thing, when my wife lost her job this year because of the pandemic, she really did feel as if she had lost a piece of her identity. She worked for a nonprofit. She was the executive director. It was her passion. And suddenly she was not that. Mm -hmm. And that is a loss like a death. There has been many a time in my career both as a comedy writer for television and as a radio personality where I would end up losing a job or moving on from one Mm -hmm. and I would have to ask myself, is that it? Because I have to tell you, from an ego perspective, that really is how I kind of define myself. To me, that is me maybe more than anything else, what I do with my life and the thing that I assign purpose to. She has now, and it's taken about four months, been able to process that whole thing and let go of it. And instead of focusing on what I was, Mm -hmm. how about what am I now and who am I going to be next? But all the while realizing that the next time that I become whatever thing I'm going to become, I can't let that define me 100%, nor should that be my goal. It's about being a better person and a part of the machine and Mm -hmm. contributing in positive ways. Exactly. And just having that awareness can really be helpful because you can say, okay, here comes the ego. It's rearing its head again. What can I do about this? And noticing that in your case, like you said, still having those attachments to what you do as far as that is your identity. And I think we all struggle with that, especially people who love to work. And it's like, oh my gosh, who would I be? I often say that to my husband. If we weren't running around working all the time, 
what would we do? You know what I mean? Like you start to think like, oh, we get oh, this talk? Is, <laughs> exactly. Go do something fun. What? Because we love it. But it has become so much a part of our identity that if somebody said, oh, you're not doing too much this week, huh? I'd be like, oh, what do you mean? Am I not doing enough? And I'd have to check myself and be like, wait a minute. Okay, what's going on FOMO. with this? FOMO exactly, alert. Exactly. I'm missing out on working more. What's up? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very interesting that we do that. And a lot of times the ego is very much in absolutes. It's like black and white thinking. It's not flexible. So introducing some of that and saying, hey, maybe that is part of my identity, but what else is part of my identity? What's the essence of who I am? Not what I do, but the person that I am and how I'm being in the world. And really when it boils down to a lot of stuff like in Buddhism, they talk about we are the observer. We are the experiencer. We are not the career of what we do. Those are parts of our lives, but that is not who we are. We are here to experience and be aware of what's going on and to feel things. So sometimes we have to stop and kind of think from that perspective. I think we can say this about a lot of things. Ego in moderation. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. not something that's completely terrible because you need to be able to define what your purpose is and who you are to Mm -hmm. a degree to be able to contribute to this big machine. But in relation to getting some perspective on your smallness, I often refer back to this pharmacist that I used to work with when I was in college who used to say to me when I would get worked up about anything because at a certain point in your life, everything in your life is life and death. Mm -hmm. And he would turn to me and say, Brian, in a hundred years, we're all going to be dead. And you know what? Never mind a hundred years. What about a thousand years? What about 2000 years? What about a million years? And that's the thing. That's how small we are. Mm -hmm. And anytime anything goes wrong, while your knee jerk is to get really upset about it, you do also for a second have to take a breath and ask yourself, what is this going to mean to me in 10 years? This crisis, this so-called crisis that I'm going through right Right. now. And that's why too, when we talk about awe and being in certain experiences to get out of our heads and just experience this world, this life, just be a part of it. Immerse yourself in a book where you're like, wow, these new ideas, this is amazing. Get yourself out of your head because our head can be torturous. It can cause us a lot of suffering by perseverating on certain things over and over and over again. Sometimes we just have to get out of that box. And I think that's great. That's why we love going and watching videos that open our mind to things. Baby sharks. Right. <laughs> Don't get me started on Baby Shark. (laughs) Baby Eric loves that. I get him cracking up with that Baby Shark. But yeah, how many times a day do I have to listen to it when he comes over? I'm telling you. But yeah, that's the kind of thing is to kind of get out of our brains for a while. Because this is another thing. Our ego will torture us with this. All of, oh, this is what you're supposed to be doing and all of these things. We all need a break from that. And speaking of that torture and what your mind can do to you, I have often spoke about in overcoming anxiety, the best piece of advice that I received from my therapist, Mm -hmm. when I would see my starting to freak out about something in the future that I know full well I can't control, I need to see that stop sign Mm -hmm. and say, all right, stop, take a deep breath. What's going on right now? What can you do to put yourself in the best position to be happy and productive? In a similar way, Mm -hmm. when you see your ego taking you down the road of envying somebody else and saying, why do they have what I don't have? Mm -hmm. Stop sign and say, well, wait a minute. What do I have? Mm -hmm. What should I be thankful for right now? What should I be focused on? And I think you can use that stop sign in a million different areas. Exactly, because that causes awareness. It makes you stop and be aware and look at the situation rather than be in the situation in reacting to it. You stop and you say, hey, what's going on here? How am I feeling about this? And that is a really important point too, especially with envy, because you can 
can stop and say, do I really want what it is that they have? And if I do, maybe it is in line with my values, but maybe let's use this for a growth mindset to help me to be more motivated to figure out how do I get more of that in my life, however that would show up in your life. So it can help to motivate you in that way too, but that's only if you can stop and you can notice what's going on with you. Motivate. I'm glad you just used that word because Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, here's a way in which you can use ego well as drive, as Mm -hmm. motivation to be a better person. But where is the line on that? Well, when it starts entering into the pride area and then the arrogance Mm -hmm. and then maybe even perhaps narcissism and I know better and you know nothing, that's where I think you can see the good side and Mm -hmm. the bad side. Maybe they would say the dark side of the force Mm -hmm. versus the light side of the (laughs) force. We always got to work this Star Wars into this. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I don't do that much when it comes to reading or watching movies, so you get the Shanley book in Star Wars, and that's it! That's it, folks. So, Courtney, I think this has been a very productive conversation, and I do think that it's yet another example where a little bit of something goes a very long way. I think so, too, and I did want to mention, I've worked with clients on Ego before, uh, where I will talk to them about, okay, let's look at a different perspective. How could you act differently in this situation, maybe less emotionally? Where could you go? I've had people, we work really well around that, but then I've had other people dig the heels in and say, no, this is who I am and I'm a free speaker and I'm just going to say how I feel. And I say, hey, are there certain situations like you would maybe talk to your grandmother differently than you would if you were with your high school friends? And they go, well, yeah, well, that's still you, but you have it in you to be able to have different levels and different changes and different perspectives of things and different behaviors. So that's another way around the ego is to know that that doesn't mean it's not you. It's still you, but you can have flexibility to make some changes because sometimes people will dig in their heels and say, I don't want to make changes because that means it's not me anymore. And to bring all of that full circle, Let's bring ego back to this nutty presidential election Mm -hmm, that we're going mm -hmm. through where people are just going to jump on social media Mm -hmm. and yell and scream and tell everybody why they're right and why you're wrong and why you're an idiot Mm -hmm. and everything else. People do way too much talking and not nearly enough listening. As we work in the radio world, the best interviewer isn't the person who's thinking about what they're going to say next. Mm -hmm. They're listening to what the other person is saying and reacting to that in a calm and reasonable way. Mm -hmm. We have lost that as a nation, and that Mm -hmm. is where ego is out of control. Never mind that we're getting all worked up over perhaps probably the two biggest egomaniacs in the world. (laughs) Who wants to be the leader of the United States? Can you imagine the size of that ego? I often refer to the old Brian Regan joke, the comedian, where he said, who wants to be president? This is how you get woken up every day. Somebody leaning over and poking the shoulder. Problems. (laughs) You want that on your plate every day? I have enough trouble coming up with topics for this stupid podcast. I don't need that. (laughs) Well, you think about it, Brian. I think about they're going to wake up to having to deal with all this stuff we're dealing with dealing with, you know what I mean, with COVID. Oh my gosh. And never mind that. Look how polarized we are. And look how much we all have to be right Mm -hmm. and how stupid the other side is. And we have lost our way from an ego perspective. It breaks up family relationships. I've been talking to people when I'm doing therapy. I had someone else say they got in a fight with their brother or they got in a fight with their friend all over politics. And it's really scary. Ask yourself this question. Why are you even having these discussions? Mm -hmm. And the person that I resent the most is the person who starts unsolicited a political discussion Mm -hmm. with me, A, making the assumption that I'm on their side, or B, looking for a fight. Mm -hmm. How is that going to be productive? I avoid discussions of religion other than the Force and Zen Buddhism. (laughs) (laughs) 
and politics because I do feel like in yeah. most cases it's a no win. Right. Whatever gets you through the night, good for you. Mm-hmm. You feeling as if you're so important that you've got to push it on everybody else, I say get over yourself. Right. And I will throw this out to people, but a lot of people probably be like, no way. I purposefully will listen to other sides of just certain radio stations or certain things completely polar opposite of my point of view because I want to learn something. Because I want to learn from where someone is coming with their point of view. It is too easy for us to put a label on everyone who's on the opposite side of us and label them as bad or this or they're all in this camp or they all believe this way. And I really think that that polarizes us further. So sometimes it does hurt my ego. I have to breathe and listen to some things that sometimes are a little bit stressful for me to hear. But at the same time, it gives me time to process that and to understand where other people are coming from. Because if we don't do this, I mean, oh my goodness, if we don't check our egos in this, this is going to be really, really a rough ride. Well, this speaks to what I've been saying to you, having been in the media for 30 years myself. Mm -hmm. And that is I read everything Mm -hmm. and I listen to everything. Now more than ever, it's about the extremes. So Mm -hmm. I take all of that and I say, well, I'm taking neither side. Where is the middle ground? And that's what I try to find. The problem is we're increasingly living in a society where Gen Zers are getting all of their opinions either A, off of TikTok or from their friends who are just as misinformed as they are Mm -hmm. and aren't taking the time to do that. Or that person who is only going to dive in the extreme liberal coverage and see, see, as opposed to listening to the far right and saying, well, what do they have to say and does any of it have merit? And one of the biggest compliments I got paid this week indirectly, Mm -hmm. which was brought to me by you, you were talking to our boss who was trying to guess what side of the aisle I was on. And I said, (laughs) if that is how I'm coming off, mission accomplished. And the reality is, as we've talked about in past episodes, the older you get, the more you realize it is less about the black and white Mm -hmm. and it's more about the gray. And I can tell you the merits of both sides and the faults of both sides and how I bring all of that together. Mm -hmm. There aren't enough people who take the time or the effort to do that. I was going to say, Brian, since you do take the time to do that, what I would appreciate is some cliff notes. Maybe you could have. (laughs) So you don't have to listen to it. Exactly. I would like you to give me that information. Perhaps you could even sell it online. That's fine. Clearly, I'm not busy enough at all as a parent, Uh, as a a radio station, as a co-host of a podcast. I got nothing but free time as I'm reading all these articles. Sure, Kelly, your ego is unbelievable. I would like a nice compilation, please, weekly for the information so I can clearly read and make my own decisions. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. And that's what we try to do for all of you here as well. We will continue to do it. Episode 24, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian in the books, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Libsyn. You can find it all over the place. You can also find us on social media platforms at Cat Country Mornings in most spots. I'm at Brian Cat Country on Twitter. You go by Courtney Kelly in a lot of spots. And then don't forget about our radio show on the Wellness Wednesdays. Of course. You can always come to our website, catcountry.com. You can listen live. You can also go to the Wellness Wednesday page. We have a lot of great mental health resources for you. And if you'd like to chat with me, send me an email, wellness at wctk.com. I would add something else here, but I'm too busy copying and pasting an article for Courtney (laughs) that she doesn't want to read the whole thing. I'm highlighting it. So until then, we'll see you for episode 25. Thanks for listening to Coping on the Couch. Thank you. Hey!